Hi everyone, welcome to Business for Builders. Uh, my name's Max and today uh, for our third episode uh, I'm joined by Tony Guattari, uh, business trainer, business developer and all-round good guy. Uh, Tony, welcome back again. Thanks Max, thanks for having me back. Yeah, good to, good to see you again. Look, Today, um, you know, we covered off a bunch of stuff. We talked about uh, different types of business development strategies that a general contractor or a builder uh, might embrace to do that. Uh, we chatted about a couple of forces that every business needs to embrace if they want to develop a, an authentic type of business. Today, I really want to chat about what I call uh, the five high-performance uh, pillars that I think general contractors or any business really would need, and that is mindset, management, marketing, mentoring, with the end result being business mastery. Um, and so, you know, we don't need to cover off anything specifically. After reading your book, I understand you talked a lot about management systems, how that there's marketing and sales and admin and operations and financial systems with any, in any business. So that really does encompass a lot of the, the management side of things. But, um, you know, I, I guess we could start with mindset. I know we touched on that in our first episode. Um, but I, you know... I just feel like we've got to create some macro understanding and then really drill down on each of those pillars to be able to sort of uh, improve the way we do business as general contractors. So if, uh, if you could maybe enlighten us a little bit to do with you know, each of those or some of those uh, and how they might influence or improve the way general contractors and builders do business, that would be a tremendous place to start. So I'll handball it to you. Yeah, okay. Well, I think with mindset, I think my only... Uh, point here is that the business is a reflection of the owner. Right. So essentially, um, the best way I can explain it is to use an analogy. Just say, for example, Max, that I gave you um, the keys to an F1 um, racing car. Okay. And I gave you those keys. Now, and let's just say you go, oh, wow, I'd really like to drive that car but you're not ready to drive that car, okay? So I've got to fix up the driver before I can give you the better business. Yeah. So one thing that I actually have to do is that I have to come to the conclusion that my responsibility is to work on you, the owner, before anything else. And if I can get you changing, because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting the different results. Yeah. If I can get your mindset shifted, I, I, I can get you to look at the world differently, especially the business world differently. Mm. Um, if I can get you to actually start reading things and listening to things um, that are outside of your sphere to really move you from ignorance to awareness, yeah. then effectively I'm going to get you really starting to change. You know, you're then starting to realize, oh, my goodness me, this is how you build a business. Now, that can be very challenging on a lot of people because if you have someone who is 60 years old, they don't want to know how to build a business because there's too much pain because then they realise, I should have done this 30 years ago. Right. So they can sometimes stay in denial. It's almost like it's easy. It sounds really weird, Max. Um, but that's why you probably want someone who's like 35 that basically can actually turn it around yeah. and say, you know what? This is insane. I'm not really building a business. I'm building a job. Yeah. So I think you've got to seek wisdom. Um, I think you've got to realize that what you sow, you reap. 
Um, I, I think you've got to have a uh, an abundance mindset, not a poverty mindset. Yep. Um, you've got to have faith and not fear. Um, you've got to actually test and measure. Um, I think there are certain principles in all of that. Um, and you've got to seek wisdom. And I think there are foundational truths that you've actually got to embrace. And that would be mindset. Because yeah. what I've got to do is before I give you this smoking car, okay, I've got to fix up you because there is no way you can get in that car because you're too fat anyway and you yeah. can't fit into the cavity. Okay, I've got to sling you down. I've got to actually make you lean, mean fighting machine. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and and I can probably do that. And, and certainly um, in a franchise environment, I'm going to accelerate that because I'm effectively going to mentor and coach you and show you what other successful business owners have done. You're probably going to actually speak to the other successful franchise operators and they're going to tell you the good oil because they've already done it. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to realize how they think. And it just changes you because when you're around successful people, by default, you become successful. You can't soar like an eagle when you hang around with the turkeys. Mm -hmm. It's it's impossible. So, you know, you've you've actually got to make that shift of who you're going to listen to moving forward. And I think that that goes Um, back to... Yeah, I think that goes back to like you said at the start of the first episode about making excuses and having suffering excuseitis. Um, as long as you sta- as long as you're standing there and playing the blame game, essentially you're saying that you don't actually own the problem, so therefore you can't find a solution. Whereas the opposite of that is to say, all right, it is I, I am responsible for the outcome. Now I'll go about trying to find something that's going to remedy my situation. Yeah, and not only that, Max, even if you brought one of these guys on board to join your franchise, for example, I would regret later on that you would probably say, I regret putting them on because they become high maintenance. Um, They blame you for their Mm non-success, okay? They're expecting you to do everything. So they have a victim mentality. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think that's the sort of situation we've got. Now, when you then, now the, the challenge you've now got is just so I've got your mindset right. Okay. The next thing I have to do is that uh, before I do anything on the car, okay, I've actually got to uh, ensure that you have vision because right. without vision, people perish, okay? And, and what I've got to do, it's almost like um, if I gave you a set of keys, Max, and I gave you access to my car, the first thing that you would ask me is, where do you want to go? Mm-hmm. You don't start a journey in a car without knowing the endpoints. Yeah. Do you know how many people in business start a business without knowing what their endpoint is? It's insane. It's bizarre. Like, yeah, it's like you wouldn't you wouldn't do it. So effectively, you have to know the end game. You actually have to know deep down why are you building a business? Is it because uh, you want to create a sizable business that will give you lifestyle? Is it because you want to actually systemize it to sell it? Um, Do you want to do it so you can actually pass it to your kids moving forward in that sort of way? But you've got to know that distinctly uh, because ultimately in the day, what are you building it for? You're not just getting through the day. You actually want to build something. So um, you've got to have that vision, okay? And, and I think that's incredibly important. So, um, yeah. So that's essentially, it's like the, it's, you're harnessing the power of intention. 
So if you set that up in two, five-year plan, and so every day it's like, well, I've understood what the end result is. I've reversed engineered. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing this week. So there is a high sense of purpose about what I'm doing day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month. And and essentially a good coach or uh, even in your business, I know this, is that you would set goals and you would set targets and you would have targets for weeks, for months, for years of what you're trying to achieve because – you know, it's not Max. It's not that we aim too high and we miss. It's we aim too low and we hit. Sure. Okay. Good point. Okay. Um, and and yeah, we get comfortable. You know, we, we're earning a good enough money, and we say, "Oh well, you know, this is as good as it gets." Mm. And I think the role is to actually measure what you're actually getting and really to have those targets. Because I'll guarantee you, if you have a target, you will achieve that target because it becomes a focus of your life. Yeah. And if your target is I want to achieve this amount in sales and you can measure that on an ongoing basis, I will guarantee you'll probably achieve it. Yeah. Yeah, it's powerful. All right, man. What can you tell us about management and management systems in a general contracting business? Okay. Enlighten Um, me. Okay. Well, look, Management systems are incredibly important because I, I think what happens, and I'm going to go back to the car analogy. Okay. Um, I, I probably made a bit of a, uh, uh, I, I, I exaggerated. Your car is not really an F1, mm-hmm. okay? It's not this amazing car. To me, it's a 1963 Volkswagen Beetle, okay? And it's got this really crappy engine. Okay, and it's got a 1,300cc engine. The problem you've got, Max, is at the moment, every time you try to accelerate the car, the engine shakes Mm -hmm. because there are no systems. So you're trying to speed up the car, but because you are the car, okay, so before you do anything, you need to upgrade the engine. Mm -hmm. I need to take out that 1,300cc engine, and I need to put a Porsche engine, which is potentially uh, you can do in a Volkswagen Beetle, okay, and I need to drop in a Porsche engine. That's what a management system is. A management system is the upgrade of the engine. Yeah. It is so vitally important, I can't underestimate it, because it gives you leverage. Yes. Leverage is achieving more and working less. Yep. And in you and I know that general contractors, they can spend hours and hours and hours doing quotes. They can go home. They're all speculation quotes. Um, they haven't qualified the client. They will spend three to four hours. Yep. Now, I know and you know that if you've got a good system, I can make a rock star quote in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Because I've got all of the intellectual property in there. I've got the price files in there. I've got the recipes in there. So I'm making my life really, really simple. Yeah. That is the power of a system. Yeah. The system allows me to do the estimating better. It allows me to do the job costing better. I can see the profitability I'm making on each job as it goes through. It also has the ability to do the scheduling um, if I wanted to do for the, uh, for the workers who are on site. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine the power of something like that if you embrace the system because the system allows you, the business, to run when you're not there because the system is you. 
Yeah. So it's sort of like the the business is it should be run by systems, and then people run systems. So Correct. that's that's what gives you the authentic business ownership Correct. status. And the role of the business owner is to protect, is to enhance, is to improve the systems. Yeah. But the systems need to be followed by everybody. It's unconditional. It's non-negotiable. And if someone doesn't follow the system, you warn them, okay, and then you remove them, okay, because the system is the business. But the business owner actually has to follow his own system. Yeah. It's can't, you can't sort of say, you do it for everyone else and I'll do my own thing, okay? Um, and that's the benefit of a, um, of a franchise is the systems are already there from yeah. day one. You don't have to build them. Mm-hmm. You just have to embrace them, okay? Yeah. That's the benefit. So I guess, you know, we could probably, yeah, I mean, I just see a lot of general contractors that just go, look, I'm too busy, you know, I'm too busy pushing this this square wheel to go and take a look at your round wheel, which is hilarious. So, oh, yeah. um, so what yeah. they don't know, they don't and know. Always, yeah, and you're always going to get that, like, too busy, too busy doing what, okay? Um, you're always going to be busy, okay? Um, you know, and that's not the issue. The issue is... I am not questioning you're not busy, but are you actually building a business or just creating a job? Well, this is okay, and, yeah. and, and that's really the key. The, the key is uh, this is the way I classify a business: a commercial profitable enterprise that can work without the business owner. Yeah, that's you've coined that phrase a couple of times, haven't you? That's yours. You've you've said that often. Yeah. Just say that again for us. A commercial profitable enterprise that can work without the business owner. Yeah, see, that's the goal. And I think, you know, this is this is the part you talked about, setting that goal, reverse engineering, harness the power of intent, because then every day that kind of refinement isn't an inconvenience. It's an essential part or ingredient towards my ultimate success, you know, standard. It's not like it's negotiable. Well, should we do systems or should we not? No, you absolutely will, because if you don't, put the work into systems, you're not going to arrive at your end goal. Yeah, and you're not going to be able to achieve that. And, and that's really what you want. Like, honestly, I would love for a builder or a contractor to go to six weeks away on holidays, not pick up the phone, not do an email, mm-hmm. and come back and his business is thriving better than it actually is when he's there. As a general contractor myself, that's not something you ever heard anybody talking about. It was always... You'd go away for five minutes or a long weekend and there's carnage. I know. I know that. And I, that's the end game. At least if we can get it to one or two weeks. Yeah. Okay. That then becomes freedom. Mm-hmm. The freedom is I've still got a business, but I can still have a life. Yeah, man, that's powerful. All right. So, you know, I often talk about uh, when I'm talking to builders, and this is going to sort of flow into the next thing, is that, you know, we talked about systems, obviously sales systems, we could get on that because that's really, you know, something you, you're renowned for. Um, but, you know, to, I guess in the qualifying system within the sales process, you know, I talked to a lot of our guys and, and or potentials, let's say prospective builders that are going to come online. And I'm like, son, how many quotes do you do a month? And they might say, well, how many leads do you get? They might only get two or three. Now, from where I come from, that means I can't disqualify because I need them all. So, you know, as a general contractor, I guess, a lot, of, a lot of GCs, especially what happened in COVID just recently, the first budget that gets dropped is the marketing budget. 
Now, I guess what I would love to do in the next two minutes is just really take the, uh, you know, take the cover off marketing and how important the marketing aspect is on your business. A lot of guys will say to me, well, Max, I've got really good word of mouth. And I'm just like, it's, it's not sustainable. And certainly if we go back to wanting to have that business mastery where the end game is to be able to have one or two weeks vacation twice a year, you've got to have the marketing thing sorted out. And I'm sure that the marketing strategy, strategy that was part of Harvey Norman discounts was, was greatly improved when it moved across to Harvey Norman and all of the sexy brands that then came on board. I'm sure the marketing uh, you know, hyperbole changed and the mar- marketing narrative changed a lot when you went on, when, when moved in that direction. So how, yeah. what kind of movement has to happen from a, you know, a one-man band builder to if he wants to develop that end game of business mastery, uh, what's got to happen within his psyche as, as it relates to, to marketing? What's got to happen as it relates in his systemization as it relates to marketing within his business? Um, well, first of all, um, he's got to actually come to the conclusion that you can never stop marketing, okay? You never stop marketing. I think one of the challenges that general contractors have got from my experience is they go through flood and drought. Got it. Now, the, the, you know what flood is. You've got a stack load of work, mm-hmm. okay? And, you know, you're getting a stack load of work and you don't chase any more work because you think, happy days, I've got a lot of work. And then what happens is because you're not developing your pipeline, because you're not actually marketing anymore, because you're not going out there doing quotes or you become dismissive of those quotes because you're so busy, okay, then the busyness ends. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is you go into droughts. And then if you don't have an active pipeline where you're continuing to market, you start freaking out in drought because cash flow dries up, anxiety kicks in. Mm -hmm. And then you start discounting your quotes, okay, in order to win them. Because sometimes you've built your business up and you've built your business where you've employed people that are still on your books and you still need to feed them. So then suddenly you've got this unique situation where you're just winning the work just to get the cash flow in, but not really making any money. So you could say, oh, I'm doing a couple of million dollars in business, but you're not making any profits. Yeah. And you go through that flood and drought. The purpose of marketing is to even that out. Yeah. The purpose of ongoing marketing is to essentially ensure that you've got leads coming in all the time. Okay. And a really great contractor, that's why he has to get off the tools because he has to service those leads because you don't know when the season will end. That's true. And you can never take it for granted. You can't get into the position of comfortability the enemy is being comfortable. It's not being um, in a adverse situation. The enemy is always comfortability. I've yep. heard it so many times. I, I, you know, Max, you would probably be speaking to general contractors now that say, Max, you've got a great model, but I don't need you because I'm already busy. Yeah, for sure. That is the biggest load of garbage I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, they get, they get complacent. They are, they are busy for a season. Okay. Yeah. Now, what you're saying is that I'm not here to give you more leads. I am here to transform your business. Yeah. I think a lot of what we try and do in this country specifically or particularly, I've not really seen this from where I originally started out in the building game. But, Tony, in, in, this, in this area of, of, of Canada, um, obviously the, the, the winters get fairly cold. 
And what we still try and do is what happens is you will get those seasons, like literally they're physical seasons. And so, you know, it's hard to pour concrete in 20 below because, you know, concrete freezes because it's got water in it. So they just don't pour concrete. Um, but, but further to that, we want to try and our goal is to create an evergreen business for our general contractors, which is a fairly uncommon philosophy because a lot of people will just, you know, really burn rubber for nine months and then they'll go indoors and, and they go, well, nobody's going to renovate over the Christmas break and into the new year. So I'm just, yeah. I'm just going to drink beer and eat, you know, uh, hot wings and wait for the sun to shine and melt the snow and then we'll get back into it. But that's very, yeah. that's, that, that really is in line with what you call, you know, floods and, and uh, what, was your, what was your analogy? Um, uh, floods and droughts. Yeah, and right. Go, and it starts to freak out a contractor. And they, you know what the worst thing they do is that they then make this terrible decision to close their business and work for someone else. Yeah. Right? Because they get freaked out about this flood and drought thing and they can't cope with it. It creates anxiety in their relationships. They don't sleep well because sometimes they've got money, they don't have money. Then they play stupid games with suppliers and play the dodgy and, you know, install it and then go from one supplier to the other. Yeah. Uh, and the suppliers are funding their entire business. Yeah. Or worse than that, they actually buy toys with the money that they've got, even though it's not really the money, it's the business money, but they think it's their own personal bank accounts. And in Australia, they buy boats. Mate, have you seen how many builders who really aren't, shouldn't be buying boats, buy big boats? Because they think the money is theirs. They've got no understanding the business goes through, you know, floods and droughts. So if they get this $100,000 and guess what they do? It's almost like, oh, it's my pocket money. Now I can spend it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I guess it's, it's probably because they spend a lot of their time working their asses off because most of them do. And they just, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I can guys will, they will justify it practically, but really it's motivated emotionally. Get that. I'm not saying you shouldn't buy a boat, but you've actually got to ensure that you understand your business before that and you understand what cash flow your cash flow requirements you need in your business for all seasons. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Because yeah. that's when it becomes really difficult. I guess it comes down to that, you know, keeping money aside for a rainy day, that type of approach on a corporate Absolutely. level. And continuing to market all the time, continuing to drive all the time. Even though you might have seasons that close where it could be winter, you could still be quoting in winter. It's very yeah. easy to still to quote in winter. Yep. And you know and I know not every job's come online. So what you can do is you can set up the job so as soon as the weather is okay, you start those jobs. So yep. there's always opportunities to continue to do things even when the building season technically um, is quite limited in Canada. Yeah, we're having currently we've got because uh, we are it's about the eighteenth or nineteenth of November, depending on where you sit. But um, we're running what we call a Renovember promotion, and you know the messaging that goes out is is don't you know don't wait, uh, you know put yourself at the front of the construction queue. Come you know when the snow melts next year, and so rather than allowing the marketplace to get complacent and comfortable, try and prompt them to sort of get on board with the general contract to get all the planning and all of the the you know the, the 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 parts prior to construction sorted out and then you'll be at the front front end of it so Absolutely. tony look i think what we'll do is um i'm getting the wind up call from our producer here 
Um, so look, we will. Uh, I might even chat to you later on, and maybe in another episode down the track about mentoring. I think that's a pretty important concept, um, you know, for individual players. So, Tony, it's been really a good time. We've done three episodes now, and we'll we'll uh, you know, it's been a very enlightening, enjoyable process, man. So, really appreciate your insight and your input and your time. Thank you. Thanks, Max.